0: To the guy at the Movies Podcast uh with Joe and Sean—that's the title of our podcast. We took a week off, Sean, so I'm a little rusty here.
1: I am too. I mean, I just realized how excited I am to get to podcasting again. That Sam has kept me in the guest room for the past couple of days.
0: Why did she keep you in the guest room?
1: Well, just to just like because I I have a lot of energy to burn and there's a treadmill <laughs> in here, so it just there works you go.
0: perfect. Ace, how's it going? Welcome back.
2: Good, yeah. Thanks for having me back. You know, wheeling and dealing as usual, get my life in order it's uh it's an uphill battle right now for everybody but that's that's what it is
0: if you figure out how to get that life thing in order please let us know about <laughs> Yeah, i'll get time. back to everybody on that <laughs> let's get some hot tips yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be the tips uh coming out at the end of the episode it's a bonus um also, all right so we did take a week off we needed a bit of a week off but also at the same time there really was no news last week we made up for it this week we have quite the agenda to get to uh so we're going to start diving into it with the films that we've been watching uh and sort of our top picks of the week or recent watches that we want to comment on so i'm going to start off and first talk about robin wright's uh directorial debut which is land she also stars in this movie and I just was very delighted by it. It was a lot of fun. Her Well, not a lot of fun. That's the wrong terminology. It was very well done and very enjoyable. The topic is not fun. Um, it is. It starts off very melancholic and then kind of rolls into a redemption rebuilding story. It's very familiar in terms of the story that it follows. But the performance by Wright is just phenomenal. I, I absolutely loved it. She was stunningly good. Uh, So I definitely would recommend that when it hits theaters and VOD on February 12th. And the other one I watched, which I'm still, I just posted the review for it, and I'm still kind of mulling it over in my head, was Bliss. And Bliss is hitting Amazon Prime Video on Friday. It stars uh, Salma Hayek and Owen Wilson. It's a very interesting movie about, like, a divorced father uh, who also gets fired and then meets Sama Hayek who is a uh, she lives on the street and believes that the world around us is a simulation Um, so it's it's interesting it has some people compare it to the Matrix a lot because of some of the things that they can do when they tap into whatever Um, but for me I kind of read it as an allegory for drug addiction and um, I think Owen Wilson's performance was particularly particularly Incredible, uh, and I do think that it was a cathartic experience for him, based on his uh, personal issues that he's been dealing with over the years. So, I, you know, it's right in the middle for me. There was parts of it where I'm like, "This is really slow," and I don't know what's going on. I'm not really into this. But then by the end of it, I was like, "Oh man, I this has some heart," and I'm, you know, it's touching. <laughs> so uh, definitely check that out on Amazon Prime. Uh, it is very, very Friday? interesting. Friday, Friday, Friday. It is all right. Uh and then Sean, you uh spent some time with Mr. JT, huh?
1: I spent some time with Justin Timberlake in the movie Palmer, which when I saw the trailer of this, I said, "Oh boy, I'm definitely watching this because it is going to be an absolute car wreck." You got uh Justin Timberlake who's a great actor, but is trying to work emotion. You have um, you know, just this like story that seems very cheesy, very corny, and man was I wrong. This movie was wonderful. Now, if you are going to be someone that says that it's cheesy and corny and kind of like, you know, a little bit uh, just not your not your cup of tea that's totally fine I actually completely get it but I think this movie does those aspects of it in a much, much better light than what you usually see and delivers it much better. Fisher Stevens is directing this movie, which I'd never thought I'd hear directed by Fisher Stevens, but um, and maybe he's directed before, but I've never uh, heard of one that he's directed. Uh, this is just like, he makes it very beautiful. And uh, Justin Timberlake delivers. I never thought he was a bad actor, but I did not think he could hold the weight of this type of performance. And he does so just perfectly. It's unbelievable. Then I saw Little Things. Joe, back to you.
0: <laughs> we're gonna let's wait on the little things let's we're wait on the little things yeah i can talk about other. that too
2: wait yeah. is uh is Palmer already out on Apple it is it is yeah. all right cool yeah i gotta i gotta get that this weekend oh sorry
1: sorry last weekend <laughs> last weekend all right this past weekend all
2: right all right I, I'll catch up on that one. talk Um, to us
1: about what you watched
2: all right so i'm setting up right my end goal i love the movie review thing but ultimately i want to produce feature films i think the best path forward for me to do that is to produce ultra low budget independent films and then kind of work my way up so i've been focused on some of those movies so i watched um christopher nolan's very first movie i believe it's his directorial debut it's called following have you guys ever seen that are you guys seen it? So. It's I it's awesome. Yeah. It's only 70 minutes. You can rent it for like 4 bucks on um Amazon Prime and they did it on a $7,000 budget and oh, wow. I think 1998 and it's as good of a movie as any movie I've seen recently. I don't want to give too much of it away, but it's basically about a dude who's bored. So for fun, he just starts following people. One of the dudes he's following turns around and is like, "Hey, why are you following me?" That guy is a uh, home invader. He just kind of breaks into people's houses. He's kind of like a con artist type. And then it becomes like almost like a cat and mouse who's trying to screw over who. And it's told in a unique way, like Christopher Nolan style, where it's kind of taken, um, you know, where they tell it from where there's like flash forwards and flashbacks. And you know that certain things are going to mm-hmm. happen and you're trying to fill in the gap, but you can't really see how it happens. I think that's how they keep you engaged Uh, throughout the whole movie so that was great and the fact that they did it on a $7,000 budget um, meant a lot are you guys getting echo feedback not at all you sound great it's just myself I guess when I'm talking All right, then next movie I watched I went and I hit um, Star Trek Insurrection Fire I don't know if you guys have seen that but it's the one where it's the one where Patrick Stewart and the Star Trek guys have to fight the Borg and for people who don't know the Borg are kind of like these they're kind of like these robo alien hive mind people, and they they try to capture you and take your DNA and add it to the Borg hive mind. Um, I say the best part of that movie is is uh, Patrick Stewart's got this android named Data, and there's this really creepy love scene between the android and the Borg leader. I don't think that's gonna ruin it for everybody. Can can I do my impression of it? Guys, oh boy, yeah. My this is my impression of of the Borg situation. The the Borg leader is like. It's like, Dada, you're, she's like, Dada, you're a perfect being trying to be more perfect. Therefore, you will never be a perfectly Android person. And he's like, you cannot disrupt my systems. I'm an Android. And then she's like, but what about this? If I give you skin? And then she like, whoosh, she blows on it. And he has like a, a robot orgasm. And then, uh, and then they start, then it goes down. And then it goes down. I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it, but it's good stuff. It's, I just, take like, my word for it. It's good stuff.
1: I'd just like to say that um, I have uh, two people that usually like to watch this on Facebook. Hey, Mom. Hey, Dad. How you doing? <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> They're old enough
1: <laughs> to know about robot orgasms. <laughs> have,
2: have, have, you guys, have you guys seen it? I have not, no.
0: I have. It's been a while, though. It I, definitely has I, 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 It holds
2: up. I okay. think I watched that one on Netflix, and I rented the following for 4 bucks. Look at you. Look it's you. great. It's great.
0: Well, hey, you know, the nice thing about having all these streamers right now is being able to go back and watch some of these films that maybe we missed in the past or, you know, even having access to VOD. It's nice to be able to grab some of those movies that we haven't seen before or even ones that we did from the past and want to revisit. I mean, the number of times that I've done that with films that I watched when I was like a teenager and now I appreciate them so much more um, countless times, countless times. Um Sadly, though, I don't think any of those movies are going to make it into the Golden Globes or Academy Awards this year. But, Sean, tell us a little bit about your column this week for Awards Watch for Sean.
1: So uh, thank you so much for bringing that up. Uh, My lovely column on uh, GuyAtTheMovies.com. I went to three specific categories because I haven't talked about these categories uh, yet. And those are um, Best Documentary, um, Best Animated Feature, and Best International Film. Um, at this point, there's frontrunners for all of them that are very clear. Um, Best Documentary is the only one that has like, you know, there's like 10 possible films that could meet the top five. But it seems like Time is winning most of the awards. And so the uh, Amazon documentary Time will probably is, is, has the most momentum right now to take home the top prize. Uh, when it comes to Best Animation, Pixar did a movie about your feelings soul is probably going to be winning the top spot but if i mean there is like a there there is a five percent chance a ten percent chance for apple tv's wolf haven't heard of it yeah that's probably why there's only a five to ten percent chance but <laughs> <laughs> it is winning a lot of animated guilds uh, underneath like you know soul winning some of the top prizes so for that there is this slight chance but if you have a lot of money bet it on soul um Lastly is the best international film. And I am ashamed to say I have not watched a lot of these selections yet. Um, When they bring out a short list, I'll like go harder on those. Um, But the top prize, it doesn't matter because the top prize is going for another round. Um, It is uh, the Mads Mikkelsen movie about uh, teachers that get drunk to, so they can be uh, better at their jobs. And it's the movie that's on a lot of top 10 lists, um, winning a lot of awards as well. And, the other films, there could be a few others that fight for it, but that's going to probably be the top spot for that one. Um, but as you said, Joe, the Golden Globes are coming up very shortly. Actually, tomorrow, yeah. So my next column will be about Golden Globe nominations and how sometimes they have nothing to do with the Oscars and how sometimes they can mm-hmm. break the Oscars completely. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun either year. you know. It's, it could be interesting. How are, how are they even doing it?
2: Yeah, how are they doing award shows this year?
1: Well... <laughs> The good old Oscars and the good old Golden Globes are going to be in uh, like, I believe, March and April because they're thinking by then this pandemic's going to be fine, which we all know is bullshit. So I, I think that they're going to end up having to two, two things could happen. They could literally keep delaying the ceremonies um, or they could eventually do what the Emmys did and do a distance, which, by the way, was not that big of a deal. People still had fun it was a bummer that people couldn't be together and like, you know, accept awards on a stage. And that, I mean that genuinely, but I think there has to be a reality set in where I do not think that will be happening with uh, the Oscars and the golden globes. But who knows?
0: The Golden Globes are actually going to be on uh, February 28th. So they
1: are that early. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. they're usually January. So yeah, it is a pushback.
2: The uh, um, Oscars are going to plummet this year. The ratings, I think, have been getting worse and worse every year. This year, I guaranteeing an all-time low.
1: That that is honestly, but yeah, like you know, th- that's always the case. Um, and then you look at uh, it's, but it's not the Oscars; it's cable. And cable is just consistently at an all time low. I mean, if you think about it, it's still one of the like, you know, five best cable events. That happen, and I—it's uh, one of those things where, yeah, it's still way lower than it was in the '90s, way lower than it was in the aughts, way lower than it was in the teens, probably. But and it keeps on getting lower. But I think it's more of a situation where, you know, technically, I don't watch the Oscars, but uh, you know, Sam's parents watch the Oscars twice because we take their passwords for cable. And I, <laughs> and I think that that's the case for a lot of younger people like me. And I, I do agree, the interest of it is kind of waning. But it's still one of those things where it's still – there. there's still interest there, in other words.
0: Well, and you know the other thing with it uh, that is going to be a little bit of a challenge is last year, Parasite winning really upset a lot of the old white people that are <laughs> part of Dinner, the community.
2: Who, who was upset? Um,
0: <laughs> the
1: old, old white, white people.
2: people. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know that? How do you know that?
1: Um, well, I, I would say that one of the main reasons why is that there were a lot of people that loved certain other – of the classic Hollywood movies that were this year, the the Irishman, if you will. Um, There are people that sort of don't want to, go for an international uh film and so people were upset about that that's why i thought or the 1917 was the. Yeah, big but one. where are you more-
2: getting this from like who who where are you reading well, this where you, what's your source i mean we'll
0: have to deliver the sources to you but one of the things i can tell you is from being in a room with a bunch of individuals and hearing conversations that was some of the feedback that it would never happen that it was relegated to the international uh or best international film or whatever that category is i get them confused with every one of them um, but you know, when it, when it did win, there was, uh, there were audible groans. So yeah.
1: I'll say Ace. <laughs> oh, really?
2: My, my source is... room. I didn't, yeah. know, I didn't hear him. I was pumped. I thought it was a great movie. Oh no. And like, I think a lot I know, of, I know I'm not saying you guys are yeah, like, a lot groaning. of a lot people just... our
1: age were pumped because we saw like the future of cinema. We saw like a great movie there. Um, right. I think there were just some people that, you know, wanted a war movie to win again or wanted mm-hmm. uh, you know, a gangster movie to win again, because that has won in the past. So mm-hmm. if you say my sources, that is true, I don't have sources, but my sources are the patterns of how the Oscars have won in the past, yeah. where it is just sort of one of these things where, you know, always there's this really great, I mean, I think about, I'll, I'll go right off the bat, um, Fargo versus um, uh, The English Patient. Everyone wanted the sweeping World War One drama, or sorry, sweeping World War Two drama, <laughs> and um like, uh, yeah, that movie was. Uh, but uh, instead of like the crime movie, it was a little bit different and kind of a comedy. But also, people were getting killed, and that seemed weird at the time. And so, I just think that often it's the Oscars go for something that is a little bit more bland at sometimes. And no disrespect to 1917, but that's you know, th- th- this was mm-hmm. fascinating that something like Parasite uh, took home the uh, the prize.
0: And a lot of people too. Um, I there's I just googled an article real quick because I remember this happening, but people were linking Parasite to Uh, the coronavirus originating in China for some god-awful racist reason.
1: It was North Korea. It was Korea. okay, okay. Not the same places for anybody
0: listening. (laughs) So um, interesting stuff going on, but read more about all that uh, when you are checking out the Awards Watch article every Monday. It is wonderful. It's always a joy to read. I learn something every week. Uh, and tomorrow morning, we'll learn the Golden Globe nomination. So I will be uh, I will be up and live tweeting them and probably texting with Sean. And, um, you know,
2: we'll see. Why aren't you going to text me?
0: Uh, because you live in L.A. Uh, you and can You can still will...
2: text me. You can still text me. The phone will just be vibrating on a nightstand. I'll be a little late. About. I keep it on silent. You won't <laughs> wake me. You won't wake me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, I maybe... get up at six. <laughs> I'm get up 6. I'm one of those. I'm one of those people. Yeah, I, I don't like you anymore. All right. But, you know, um, I, I was going to have a good uh, uh, transition here. I don't have one, but let's jump into the news. We're going to start with the Matrix 4 getting a title that was potentially uh, leaked, uh, which I think is hilarious. And yeah. I, I bring up this pod or this uh, website a lot, but Slash Film is kind of used to be one of my main go to websites for movie news. Still is one that I love to frequent. They have great podcasts. Um, they joked about this on April Fool's Day in 2009, saying that it was uh, the Matrix 4 is in production and it's going to be the Matrix Resurrections. <laughs> um, but basically what happened is a hairstylist who was working on the Matrix 4 posted uh, an Instagram story or an Instagram video that showed uh, a jacket that was given to the casting crew. It's kind of a cool jacket, it has like the Matrix mm-hmm. symbols
1: and such mm-hmm. inside,
0: which are, if I remember correctly, it's like sushi recipes. Um, I think they originally said it was,
1: yes, I do remember Remember that? that.
0: Um, but on the thank you card, it says, thank you for being a part of matrix resurrections. So Ace, are you a matrix fan?
2: Love the matrix. I love them.
0: And how do you I feel think, about the fourth one coming out? With I mean, title? I
2: think they're going to blow it, just period. I, I, think, it was, I think it was perfect. Though. Just leave it alone. Just some of the great things, you should just let them be. My hope is that I'm wrong. Like, I don't want to be right about this. And obviously, I'm going to go see it. Because, I mean, first of all, it's going to be delivered to my bedroom, which I think is a real shame, too. Because The Matrix, the whole franchise, is definitely a movie that should be seen on a big screen. That's a fact. So if you have access to you and you're... Um, and you feel comfortable and safe doing it. I strongly recommend that. Yeah, I, the bottom line is I think they're gonna blow it. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I feel bad for the. Uh, I think she was a costume designer or makeup person that did that. I'm the sure stylists, she feels yeah. awful. Because I checked her IMDb and she had some other uh, credits of things, but nothing I, as big as something like The Matrix. I mean, that's tough to. That's tough to beat. I think the first one was great. The second one was just as good um that scene where um morpheus kills the uh ghost guys you know and he slices the side of the car that's classic Love the it. last one was cool but it just you know i understand the point of the movie that he's like really breaching the matrix and kind of becomes a superhero level person but at that point it was like eh, i don't know but i still you know i still liked it What yeah. what could they possibly do what are they going to do now like, what do you think the plot is going to be of this?
0: Resurrections gives you an interesting, uh, I think, direction on where they're going with things, especially because it seems like with the casting of uh, Yaya that they are uh, moving into like a, you know, maybe a Resurrection of Morpheus or something of like that. So I don't know where they're going with it. But Sean, do you think this is, do you, number one, do you think this was an intentional leak uh, for publicity? Um, but number two, even if it wasn't, no, you know, publicity is good publicity.
1: I think this was not an intentional leak because normally this is followed up a few hours with like the official announcement that we always planned. <laughs> like, it was just like, that wouldn't be shown in this case. They didn't do that. So this feels <sighs> manufactured not the right way, but maybe it was a first draft at something, or maybe it is just straight up fake. Um, I think uh, that's a uh, terrible title, um, but at least they didn't go with the matrix like scream is doing with their uh, fifth movie. Um,
0: I, back to I, basics. There's a reason.
1: Okay, okay, okay. I, I'll, they're, I, they're calling I'll, it the scream. No, they're just yeah. calling it scream like, oh, okay. again. Like uh-huh. you know, like uh-huh. the first one. But uh-huh. I, I, I can't. St- oh my god! All right, we're not getting into that. Um, but uh, I, I'm, I'm rooting for this movie. I think I'm with Ace on this. Where I, it doesn't seem like you know they've taken the time uh, to let this pay off. I mean, I know it's been a while since the last one was released, um, but. It just seems like since the announcement, they've been rushing. Maybe the script has been developed for a while. Um, I just, I, I, I hope for this mainly because there's a cast in here that I want to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yaya's already known quite a, quite a lot, but oh man, I really hope he can, uh, you know, just, just be like the, an absolute superstar from this movie. But I, I, I have my worries. I do.
2: Is it off- NPH in this movie? Yes, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris.
0: Nice. Can't wait. I'm also, hoping, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm also hoping that what we get with Yaya in there, and you know the fact that I guess uh, Lawrence Fishburne said he wasn't asked to be back. I hope that that's a um, a play, and that he's just playing, you know, playing with people. Because anytime that a movie is either a uh, well, no, I won't say rebooted. I'll say anytime you get a sequel to a film, and there's a character missing or an actor missing who's still alive and still working, <laughs> always seems a little odd and i i need him in that movie
1: if they are taking this in a completely different direction different setting and everything then you know what i could be on board with that but you're right if they're just like you know where's morpheus oh he's he's backstage getting some coffee or something like you know i don't
0: but also bringing back like all the people that they are
1: oh that's and... true you're right they're doing that i forgot
0: you know what i mean that and then like the one uh like sub agent from the movies like he was like the background agent oh are they
2: are, do they have that guy coming back
0: he's back Oh, not nice. not the main agent, but like right. The no, no, because guy. because
2: Mr. Smith. I mean, if people haven't seen it at this point, that's their problem. So, spoilers ahead if you haven't. But um, what, what was I going to say? I got a little <laughs> track. oh yeah. Anyway, Mr. Smith. I thought kills all the other agents and he makes them all Mr. Smiths.
0: You know who else kills and makes them similar to themselves is Dracula, and we there are getting a new Dracula. Oh. Film. Which is going to be scary, from the director of scary stories to tell in the dark, Andre Overdahl. Uh, and it's going to be the last voyage of the D- uh, Demeter, Demeter, D- Demeter. Um, I'm very into this. It's one chapter of the, of 1897's Dracula, uh, and it essentially just follows Dracula's trip aboard the ship, which is the Demeter, Demeter, whatever it is, from Carpathia to London. Sean. Yes, or no? oh, and also uh, Corey Hawkins from Black Ladsman is Dracula.
1: I will. I was going to say yes, and I still will say yes because I love this part of the uh, very, very, very old film Nosferatu, where he is on the chip and he's picking people off one by one, and it's the perfect amount of just scary. And I don't know, you know, I don't know if anyone's going to at me about uh, vampire lore and is Nosferatu the same as Dracula? <laughs> but I just think like something like this, where you know, you have. A crew of a ship, and Dracula is making that voyage. Nowhere to go. This is just prime, like just perfect horror movie fodder. Um, Corey Hawkins sounds good. I don't actually remember him in Black Klansman, um, and so I want to like think about you know who he was and who he played. I can't quite remember, but also just very psyched for young talent to come in, um, and so. I um I, I really do uh, love the idea of this. Um, I love the director. I didn't like scary stories to tell in the dark that much, <laughs> but, but I think that there were some moments that were great. And so just, you know, maybe those moments happen. Hopefully someone different writing this one and it would, it would look a little bit better, but I'm very excited for this. Ace, how about you?
2: I mean, yeah, that's big enough IP for me that I'm going to see it. I mean, when it's certain, I mean, I should say that with the exception of, um, some disney movies i i know we're going to talk about that later but most things if it's a big enough ip i'm just going to go see it bottom line so dracula yes um and i also li- i just like Corey hawkins i think he's a good actor i loved him in um in uh straight out of compton and uh i mean that's really all i have to say about that so yeah i'm i mean i'm hoping for the best but we'll see
0: Ace, I love when you wrap up your thoughts and you're like, "And that's that. I got nothing more to say. Back to you." <laughs> it's perfect. Well, you did bring up Disney, and we're going to jump over to Disney now and talk about live action movies, uh, which is, you know, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, but Disney Plus is live action Pinocchio, which is starring uh, Tom Hanks and will be directed by Roger- Robert Zemeckis, um, has brought on uh, a veteran so to speak, of the live-action movies in Luke Evans. Uh, Luke Evans played Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. He will now be playing the role of the coachman in the upcoming film, Uh, and the coachman is the owner of Pleasure Island in the story. Uh, Ace, when I was a kid, and by a kid I mean when I was um, 21, maybe, (laughs) I... We went to Pleasure Island and Walt Disney World and got really drunk at one of their bars before they shut them all down. So um, that is my connection to this. Uh, I did not see Luke Evans or the Coachman there. But Ace, I would like to know your thoughts on live action Pinocchio and on Luke Evans.
2: All right, here's the thing. First of all, Disney is a great company. There's no question about it. They are an incredible company, what they've been able to build. And I would say most of their stuff is great. I would say like, like 70% of it is just fire. But then there's about 30 percent, you know, some number less than 70 percent where it just goes. I don't know why you did that. And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of their live action things. I mean, I know why they're doing it. Um, and I think in some ways it can be it can be a cool spin or a cool take. But I don't know. I'm kind of just over the whole Disney live action situation. Tom Hanks is awesome. But depending on how much he's in the movie or not, or at least from what I see in the trailer, I think it will give me a better indication of whether I'm gonna see it or sit this one out. Cause I completely sat out Lion King. Um when I watched Mulan, I was I was so upset. Um but there have been some Disney live actions that I, I kinda liked. Like I liked um I liked what uh uh Favreau did with um, you know, the the jungle book, right? Oh, that was a really good movie. Yeah, it was solid. So, I mean, they can definitely do... I mean, what are the good live-action Disney films, and what are the bad live-action Disney films?
0: I So, what's funny about that, and Sean, jump in here, I think everyone has different opinions on that, right? I'm a Disney purist, so I will see every one of them that comes out, but I'll tell you that Pinocchio is not one of my favorite stories. Um, Cinderella was not one of my favorite stories. Mm-hmm. I am very pumped for Lilo and Stitch live-action film that John... I'm, pumped, Chu, I'm down for that. I think that's going to be yeah. incredible. Um I personally loved Beauty and the Beast. I thought that was really well done. And I thought that I really liked Aladdin. I know Aladdin got torn up a little bit, but I had a blast with it. Uh, Sean, what about you when it comes to this? Are you, so, uh, so give us your thoughts on this whole story. Um, but then are you also someone that's like going to see every uh, Disney movie that comes out?
1: I'm going to try out every Disney live action movie that comes out. I'm uh, guaranteed to probably not enjoy it. Um, I agree with Ace there that I think Jungle Book was a really great thing. And the reason why Jungle Book was great is that they reimagined it. They told the story somewhat differently. It was just one of these situations where it was something else. And that finally was you know what, what I you know, wanted and what I needed. Um, other ones kind of just do an exact retelling. Um, And some of them bring something new, but do it poorly, like Mulan. Uh Uh Um, And so I and that was one of the things that I admired about Mulan. I'm like, at least they're telling a slightly different story. And that was just very annoying. Um, Or that was that was at least somewhat redeemable. Pardon me. In terms of Pinocchio, um, in terms of the Luke Evans casting, um, I'm worried that Disney is starting to own Luke Evans. Like when we saw John Malkovich in like 12 different Netflix movies, Um, and uh, it's it's interesting that he's like coming back for this. Um, I think he can play another great villain, and this is a great villain. And uh, you know, I think he can play a little bit differently, not to confuse the small children that are like that's Gaston. But that that is one of the things that uh, you know I'm looking out for there. But I don't, I don't know. I just don't have too much faith in this. Hey, speaking of Luke Evans, wasn't he Dracula and Dracula untold?
2: Did anybody see that?
0: He was. And also speaking of Luke Evans, uh, he is single and so am I. So um, we can make that work if we want to. He's a listener of the podcast.
2: Is that a real real thing? That is a real thing. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. I don't care. I'm just throwing it out there. I didn't know if it was a joke or not. I had no idea. I had, I had no idea if we were joking or not. No, we, we, we do not do not. bits on this podcast. We are completely no serious. joking allowed. No, joking absolutely allowed. not. That's cool. I mean, I hope that works out for you. Thank I wanna you. I <laughs> want to <laughs> <I wanna laughs> come to the, I want to come to that party. I want to be at that wedding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> The wedding will be a party. Uh, but speaking of comedy, comic actor Jim Gaffigan will play Captain Hook's sidekick, Mr. Smee, in Disney's upcoming live action, Peter Pan and Wendy, which is absolutely a movie that we don't need. This is the one I'm like, I'm done with them. Um, Jude Law will play Captain Hook, though, which I really enjoy. And Yara Shahidi will play Tinkerbell. Uh, it's directed by David Lowry, who did Pete's Dragon, which was a pretty solid movie. Sean, Mr. Smee, Jim Gaffigan, does it work?
1: So there's, there's two sides to this. Cause it's perfect casting. It really is. Like I can absolutely Gaffigan is me. I can see it right away. My issue is Gaffigan is an amazing comedian and really, really funny. He has not proven that he can act that well. Um, so hopefully, and this is my goal. Hopefully he doesn't try in this movie. Hopefully he just like is jim gaffigan and he's doing stand-up because that was what Smee is he's just like oh, i ate too much breakfast and that's like gaffigan as well and i think there's something there where it's like perfect casting gaffigan don't try to do anything crazy here just just go with it um and that's what i'm hoping for with uh th- this casting at least
2: you know I, I haven't seen i haven't seen jim gaffigan in too many of his uh uh movie roles um, but I did see him in Chappaquiddick and I liked it. I mean, it was kind of, the, I think the first time I saw him, and I, I was like, oh, I didn't know he could act. And I, and I believe that movie where uh, the Girl Scout movie, um, oh, yes, I didn't see it, but I heard he was I heard he was pretty solid in that as well. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it. He is funny, though. I, I mean, the first time I saw him, I didn't even know who he was. I just saw him at the improv once doing crowd work and he just went off for 30 minutes. It was the best thing I've ever seen ever. So, he's a
1: brilliant comedian. He really is. So I think he's he can good. bring some fun
2: to this. Yeah, right. But like, is it a funny thing? Or
1: is is the role in this funny? You know. Well, oh, you're like Smee should be funny. Now, if you look at something like Hook, I mean, yeah, Hoskins is kind of playing comedy, but he's also playing it pretty serious. But I don't even remember Mister Smee. Oh, he's a goofy little character. He's oh, a goofy there, little he yeah. there he is. There he is. Smee is kind of Oh, like, yeah, that, uh, that
2: works. Okay. He's yeah, kind of the yeah.
0: LeFou of the movie, right? Like yes. LeFou from Beauty and the Beast. Very similar in that sense.
1: Comic relief, without a doubt.
0: Yeah, and I'm totally in that. But, hey, let's stick with the Disney train of things and jump over to their Marvel division, if you will. Mm. Uh, and Ryan Coogler's company just signed a five-plus-year deal uh, to develop television shows for Marvel, uh, so, of course, Disney Plus is jumping into the game here, and he it, or it has been announced that the Black Panther director, who was also working on Black Panther 2 at the time, uh, this time, this this moment in time, uh, will develop a television series based on Wakanda. Ace. Wakanda yes. forever. There we go. I'm with you there. I'm um,
2: very about it. I don't know if I had it the right way, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Ryan Coogler... I, dude, he's only, I think he's only has five years older than me. And he's done about, you know, five or six films. Cause I was reading today and Bob Iger, you know, the former CEO of Disney and now the, uh, I think he's the chairman, called him one of the most prolific filmmakers of our time. I was like, is that true? And I thought, yeah, the guy's, I mean, for sure talented. Um, and he's told some important stories like, like Fruitville Station and, and I think especially Black Panther. But he's really only directed what like three movies he's got fruitville station creed and black panther then he's got some shorts all of those are good i mean so yeah good for him the guy i think is 33 and just signed a mega deal probably with disney i have no how i don't know how much it was worth i don't think they disclosed that but good for him i just worry that with all the stuff that disney plus is about to put out with the marvel verse is it enough that people can keep up and i just hope they take into consideration the fact that not everybody is going to watch every single uh marvel tv show because at that point tv is difficult to t- keep up with films everybody can keep up with the marvel film verse because we know when they're coming they their big mega events um i hope they take that in con- into consideration but good for ryan coogler for real
0: sean are you gonna have a, have any uh... five years <laughs> are you gonna have any trouble keeping up
1: well, uh, that is an interesting point because I've worried about that as well with all of the crazy uh, Marvel shows they're having. Um, will they keep up? And right now, I mean, it's not that difficult to keep up with WandaVision. There will be more coming out. There will sometimes be more than one a week. But I think that because they're coming once a week, because, you know, they're they're going to be staggered at different times, I think there's ways to do it. I think you're right. There, Some people aren't going to keep up. But I think the people that matter are going to keep up, um, and that might be an interesting that might be an interesting business decision. Would it be something we want to have? And I think that like they will design it so that you know, my fiance also makes sense to me. If I don't see them, you think the one thing I want to argue is I, I truly don't know because I've seen everything. But um, my fiance went to see uh, Avengers: Infinity War, and she saw a Marvel movie here and a Marvel movie there, but didn't really like you know didn't have all of them you know completely wrapped up, and she loved it. And that's three hours, and she had a blast. Um, granted, I had to when the hammer was starting to raise, while uh, you know uh, Thor was being there. It's like so. The only person that could ever reach the hammer is actually Thor, and then it's weird that that's going up right now, right? Is it that weird that's going up there right now? And the Captain America grabs it, and so like. But there were you know like little things that I quickly like whispered to her. But um, honestly, I think that it can happen. Now it's something that I've worried about as well. Um, and uh, it's interesting uh, your point on Coogler too, because you're you're right. He's done very few films and he's become huge, but he's Mm -hmm. done some movies that are really difficult to navigate. And he's made these movies. Fruitvale station is a great work of art. And that was something that he liked that you could independently make. There wasn't a lot of pressure there. Mm -hmm. Then you got Creed and black Panther, Mm -hmm. two movies that should have sucked and they didn't. And it was like, and not only did they not suck, but they're pretty amazing. And they've sort of reinvigorated the franchises. Um, I, well, Marvel was going to Creed should have sucked, but why do you say that? And it didn't, by the way, but why do you say that you think that Black Panther should have sucked? I think I'm, I'm probably being a little bit too pejorative, but um, I think that one of the things is that I worry that it was, it was, they had to jump through a lot of hoops to make that work and they jumped through all of them very well. I mean, you have to navigate, you know, certain politics, you have to navigate culture, you have to navigate some sort of crazy, basically sci fi movie on a tremendously large scale and mm-hmm. make it all into a popcorn entertainment type of film that actually had comedy as well. Like the way Kugler filmed that as a director, I couldn't believe that he pulled that off. Like it really is something to behold, like that Black Panther worked that way. Um, and- you know
0: the other thing with that too, Sean. I think what makes that, what made that successful, and what makes all of his films successful, are the authentic voice that he gives to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, you know, I, I think back to like, not not comparing here, but as, in a similar vein, you know, Captain Marvel was the first female superhero uh, in Marvel um, to get their own movie, and they brought on two men to direct it. And like that, you know, you're not giving it not, and that's not getting into the story of or the debate of who like men can't direct women or whatever, but it's about that authenticity. When you haven't played in that playground, you you want to start with an authentic uh, foundation. And I think that's what Ryan Coogler does really well. He also has produced uh, Judas and the Black Messiah coming up. Um, he's producing mm-hmm. Space Jam A New mm-hmm. Legacy. Uh, and he's also, what's the other one that I just forgot about, but he produced uh, Creed Two, right? So he, he continues yeah. to like, he, he's involved in films and I just
1: love his stuff. This is what's great about him is that – you know, and now he's getting even more of it, but Coogler's getting money, and that means Coogler's Coogler's getting getting paid. And he's going to make a lot more stuff. He's going to, as you said, produce a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all talked about Barry Jenkins doing the uh, live-action Lion King prequel, and we probably all rolled our eyes, but Barry Jenkins is going to get money now. And that means that he is going to have control over a lot of different things. He's going to be able to produce a lot of stuff, and there Mm -hmm. will be some great – I don't like this word, but a great content out there. And that, that, that's what it comes down to. We have to create more content. <laughs> we need more to We're, watch. We need more.
0: I'm hey, you know what? I'm not against that. I'm totally not against that. And that's what the uh studios and all that really believe uh we want to see is more content, more content. <laughs> and when they release a film that is part of a franchise, they want to be able to release more sequels. And that's what's happening with the Tomb Raider sequel, who just landed Lovecraft Country's writer, Misha Green. Uh Ben Wheatley of Rebecca Fame was originally signed up to direct this. I know you're very upset, Sean. Um, he's but, fine, he's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is the video game adaptation that uh, is a follow-up to 2018's film starring Alicia Vikander, which I actually enjoyed. Uh, it was the sequel was originally supposed to come out March of 2021 but uh, hashtag pandemic. Uh, so it will be coming out in the future. Sean. You are not a huge video game movie person. We've talked about this in the past, but did you see Tomb Raider? Did you enjoy it? Did you see Lovecraft Country? Are you excited about the uh, addition of the writer as a director?
1: Quick diversion. You just said hashtag pandemic. Does the pandemic need a hashtag? Or I think I think it's uh, got its uh, okay. I'm going to the-
0: Does anything Hasht- need a hashtag?
1: Hashtag pandemic isn't. has been fixed. Yeah, pandemic is over. Yeah, it's over now. We're good. Yeah. So yeah. I will I will comment on something That's that I joke. don't know anything about because um, I'm great at that. Um, I've never seen a Tomb Raider movie, not out of protest, not out of avoidance, just you know, simply it doesn't show up right at right immediately at Netflix, and so I don't immediately click on it. So I just have not seen any um, uh, Tomb Raider movies. However, I do know Lovecraft Country and I do know Misha Green, and I think that this is an amazing choice. And the real great choice about this is once again, don't know anything about Tomb Raider, but this is like. Misha green can ground ground fantasy into a reality and be able to have you hold that suspense for a very long time. And I believe tomb Raider goes into some fantasy once in a while, probably. And even if not, there's some fanciful things that occur. What was and this? That, that was, was my this? fan. I did my fancy fanciful uh, shoulder shuffle that was right The excitement there. dance. Yeah. yeah. There it is right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, truly think like this is a, uh, you know, absolutely great. And then, and then I'm going to say it again. We've said it already, but I'm going to say it now again. Misha green's going to get money. And then, so like, then, you know, Misha Green's gonna make, you know, more things like Lovecraft Country, because th- there's people with differing opinions about Lovecraft Country, but everyone at least loved one of the episodes, maybe even more, because there was something different in each one. And it was just really something that, like, kind of knocked me for a loop. So I'm excited to see her do more things. And maybe this means I have to watch the rest of the Tomb Raiders, and so to watch Tomb Raider 2.
0: Well, there's only one. So <laughs> uh, oh, well, and-
1: I'm at the Angelina's, but.
0: I would watch them because they're fun 90s yeah. popcorn films, mm-hmm. but yes. honestly, even though they may have come out in the 2000s. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Ace, what is your relationship with Tomb Raider? I heard I, you guys are... Uh, yeah,
2: I'm, I mean, I like Tomb Raider. I, Andrew, dude, Angelina Joan, Jolie beating ass in tights like I'm down. I mean, back in the day. like That's, that's what it is. If we're going to be real, that's what it is, it, and it's awesome. I'm actually... I really wanted to see the newer one. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't have much to add um and i'm really not too familiar with misha green except for that i know she wrote some episodes of sons of anarchy before i stopped watching it and uh she wrote an episode of spartacus that's good enough for me i'm, I'm sure i'll get to watching the tomb raider remake and then the sequel sometime in the future probably before it comes out whenever that is i don't know <laughs> Whatever.
0: Yeah. Speak, but let's talk about see, uh, sequels a little bit more. And I'm going to stick with you here, Ace. Um, Cloverfield was 2008's uh, found footage film that yeah. a lot of people Fire. really enjoyed. I, I loved it. Uh, at the time, it was kind of one of the first like major right, found, found footage, footage right? And, of course, that's been beaten into the ground since. But Joe Barton, uh, who is uh, the previous, I believe, direct – who's a showrunner or director of Gotham, is developing a direct sequel – That's the key here. It's a direct sequel to Cloverfield. Mm -hmm. Not Mm -hmm. like a random-ass movie that we're like, uh, let's tie in. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's going to be a direct sequel. um, And it will not feature the found footage. uh, trope.
2: Yeah. So I'm actually excited about that because the first time I saw uh, Cloverfield, I I enjoyed it. I love those sorts of premises and and scenarios, but the found footage thing did make me dizzy and kind of a a more like action or a film that included action sequences, I should say. Um, So I'm excited they're getting away from that because I thought that Cloverfield, what was it called, like 22 or, you know, where they're under the the ground Cloverfield Lane. i like what they've done with the universe but i heard the uh, the other one that i think went out to netflix was really bad um but yeah i mean the bottom line is yes i'm excited to see uh what they do with this because i just like those scenarios and i hope that it doesn't fail
0: i'm with you there sean uh cloverfield yay or nay
1: um when oh Cloverfield, first of all, yes, yay, absolutely. Um, and uh when you uh texted me this news, um I thought I, I literally told you I was like, nope, it's another dumb movie that like is just given the Cloverfield tag. And he's like, No, 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 the producers are behind it. Like, no, no, another dumb movie given I, I really didn't trust it for a while because I'm very upset about the last two. Cause I think 10 Cloverfield Lane was actually a really good movie that was spoiled by the Cloverfield title. Because the whole time you're thinking, is there actually some sort of invasion or something like that? But with the Cloverfield title, you knew there was the whole time. And so like it just bothered me a little bit. Then Cloverfield Paradox ruined Cloverfield in the other way, because it was just it was really hard. It watch. was horrible. It was really tough to watch. I felt yeah. so terrible. Like, um, but This is going to be something that actually talks about this. And I agree. Ditch the found footage. It was cool in 2008. It is definitely not even close to cool now. Um, So let's actually have something where there have been people since 2008 digging through different scenes, screenshots of it, trying to find different things. Oh, the alien was dropped from a tube at that very last scene. And we just saw it right there. And there is all these various aspects of it. Give them answers. And so have this be something where, you know, it's a direct sequel, which is going to be Interesting, considering you know rocks and covered in them. Uh, but I I am curious to see where like it's going to go, and if they're going to open up the actual universe, not the paradox universe or the lane universe, mm-hmm. the actual universe. And that's what I'm hoping for with this.
0: Totally agree with that. I am very excited for it because uh, kind of like Ace said, these are my types of movies. Like I I just enjoy like monster craziness, um, especially <laughs> modern monster craziness. I think there's a lot that could be done with that. Um, and I'm not talking about politics. <laughs> uh, but let's shift gears a little bit and go the animated route. Uh, the Daily Show host uh, and comedian Trevor Noah is teaming up with Paramount Animation to develop an original animated film based on an original, timely, poignant, and comedic uh, idea from Trevor Noah. We don't know much about it, but the writers are Jonathan Groff from Blackish and John Pollock from Modern Family. Uh, Sean, yay or nay?
1: Hey. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm skeptical of this just cause I don't know what else Trevor Noah can do. Let me rephrase that. What he does is awesome. And he managed to take over John Stewart. Do I miss John Stewart on the daily show? Absolutely. But Trevor Stewart, Trevor Stewart, there we go. Um, Trevor Noah has brought it, brought something else to it that is kind of amazing. Um, but so far I've only seen him talk to a screen in a chair. I I'm, I'm excited to see him do something else, but, and I'm like, you know, the word Trevor Noah doesn't animate it. Okay. I'm in, but what exactly is it going to be? Where is it going? The writers sound promising Two pretty, two writers with some uh, prolific experience and on some great cable shows, which great cable shows is a weird thing to say sometimes. Um, But that all of that is, you know, what I'm sort of looking forward to. Ace, doesn't do anything for me really i mean kind of uh,
2: the same as what sean was saying it, like why yes i understand that trevor noah is a funny person and and does this thing on the daily show but like remind me again why you're getting your own television series and what are you what are you gonna do about that like why are you qualified for this again and my hope is that it's a big success but when i see this type of thing i just all believe it when i see it um and hopefully i do so i'll, I'll just leave it
0: there I definitely think this reeks reeks is a a negative has a negative connotation, but I think that it definitely is about the studio trying to do something different and trying to strike gold with, you know, a television comedian, uh, a personality like Trevor Noah who is pretty timely. Right. Um, so I'm open to it. I just, we don't know much about it other than it's happening. Um, but what also is finally happening uh, so they say and as Rachel review said on Instagram earlier believe it when I see it uh, the wicked musical is finally uh finally has a new director John Chu after previous directors had to drop out um, they first started talking about the movie back in 2012 I believe uh, Universal had announced that it was going to come out in 2019 then it got pushed to 2021. Um, I think at some point it was 2020 I don't know but now it is in development and Wicked of course is one of the uh most popular um musicals on Broadway. So Ace are you a have you seen Wicked?
2: Yeah actually yes I have when I went to uh Europe I went to uh London's Broadway I think it's called something else. Um it might actually just be called Broadway but they they have their own version of it that's you know just as big of a deal as, as New York. And I saw the play, I loved it. The soundtrack is is obviously fire. I was so tired, so I was kind of like fading in and out of consciousness, not because it was bad, it's just because I was so tired from you know traveling across Europe. So I was like kind of coming in and out of it. Um and I'm excited that they're gonna give it a real um Like They're just going to make it a movie, right? They're not trying to do what they did with uh, Hamilton, correct? It's it's an actual film adaptation. Let's let's be
0: real here. Hamilton's going to get its film adaptation down the road. Oh, God, yes.
2: (laughs) I'd much rather see a film adaptation of Hamilton than what I saw of Hamilton, because I I feel like a lot of... um, the, the whole experience of Broadway is to, is to be there. It doesn't do as much to, to watch it on screen. And, I, and, you know, the fact that anything can come through on, on screen where it's not meant to be on screen, I think speaks volumes about the uh, IP, but it's never going to be what it is live. And, and I think the same goes for things like stand-up. So if you're going to make it a film adaptation, just make a film adaptation. Uh, so I will definitely be seeing uh, Wicked whenever that comes out and probably singing along, too. Yeah,
0: I'm with <laughs> you there. It's good stuff. Sean, uh, can you give us a little taste of the Wicked soundtrack?
1: I, I know, um, I know, Defying Gravity, um, the but title. <laughs> yes, yeah, just the title of the song. So that's all you're gonna get.
2: You can't just give us one. I want, I want to be popular.
1: You can't well, just I, give almost, us one. I almost inject injected when you said like, oh, "It's a Joe said it's a musical. It's very popular." I was like, "Popular." <laughs>
0: So, so I take okay. it you've seen
1: it. I see the faces. I see the faces. You asked for it. Well, I you hope you
0: I hope you know that's the clip that's going on. Instagram. Yeah, but you didn't, didn't really get...
1: commit, though. When I started to... I didn't really... You're trying to get me to do it again, and that's not going to work. Full... Again. Do a full commit. <laughs> right. Full I... send. Full send. I can't do that. I have to pee. Okay. Um, so, um, I <laughs> I have never seen the musical Wicked, but I love the soundtrack <laughs> to Wicked, um, and as, you, as you can see right there. Um, and so... I'm absolutely on board for this. I love the idea of this being translated into a movie because from what I understand, you could translate this to a movie and it won't feel like a stage play like a lot of them can. But this one has a lot to it where, you know, you can definitely get some different settings in there. You can make this feel like something that is just straight up a movie. We get that problem all the time and we talk about that problem all the time where there are just too many times where. You know, oh, it just felt like a play, or even like, you know, even when it's a musical, it felt like a play. And I think Wicked maybe can, you know, sort of avoid that. Um, I will say the best moment though, or the best news here is John Chu, baby. John Chu. So this must mean one thing about a movie coming out the, uh, you know, soon. Does it mean that it's good in the heights? Has to be. It's gotta be good. If it's gotta be good. back
0: for another musical, especially Wicked. Twenty twenty one
1: best picture in the heights. Let's go. I'm in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm totally with you
0: there. I think the other thing that is kind of fascinating about this, um, well, two things, one is fascinating about something you said, uh, this is one of those musicals that I don't know that it really repeats sets. I'm thinking back to like, you know, there's a few, obviously that every movie or every film will do, but it definitely, um, there's a ton of different sets. So in terms of settings of the movie, I think it's going to be very theatrical and feel like a movie. Um, the other piece is I guess the question of who's going to star in it and I was talking to a friend about this today and of course I don't think Idina and Kristen Chenoweth are going to be back for it because they've kind of aged out of that role um, or those roles because they're younger roles in the the story um, but I do wonder you know I'm trying to think of people that are present today in sort of musical theater but also in musical Hollywood and I wonder if um, oh, i have gonna forget her name but the main lead from the prom. I could totally see her involved. Oh, that I'd
1: one. love her to be in this. Yeah. She
0: was so good. Um, but yeah, that's, they're my thoughts. I'm excited. I am excited. Um, one other person that's probably excited is the director of Coda, as well oh, yeah. as the filmmakers behind it, because Apple just set a Sundance film festival record by acquiring Coda, uh, for about $25 million. So that tops last year's record of $22.5 million, which was set by Hulu for Palm Springs, which was a solid film. Um, the film is titled after the acronym for Child of Deaf Adults, and it follows a high school senior who is the only family member who can hear, seeking to follow her own dreams while keeping her family held together. Uh, it stars Amelia Jones. This was a film that I was not able to see at Sundance. Sean, I don't think you saw it either. I wasn't able to, no. Yeah. But uh, what are your thoughts on this
1: I mean, I love that, uh, you know, already we're getting the Sundance pickups and I think it's going to be just like a great, um, like, like this is going to be like some great news coming up about all the different Sundance pickups. Um, I don't know much about the film. Um, it sounds great. And also just, this is just a weird thing to have. Like, I love the title. Like it's, it's easy and it's to the point it's what the theme of the movie, is. but just like Coda, like I thought it was about like, you know, some Irish orphan or something. I got, I, I just got so excited when I saw like, you know, I was just like Coda, what is this all about? And so. I don't know why that was what got me, but if, I mean, if you have a good title, you know, that'll bring it in.
0: I thought it was something futuristic. I don't know about you, Ace, when I first read the title. I had no
2: clue what what in the world is this. And I was surprised to see, um, it was a story kind of of this nature, you know, about, I don't know what the appropriate vernacular is. Are we going to call it? I don't want to say the wrong thing and get canceled, but (laughs) but let me just say this. I didn't, let me say I think it's going to be a touching story. I expected this to be some type of action situation or bigger uh, budgeted thing. So, yeah, I mean, cool for cool for those people who made it. I mean, they get paid, man. $25 million, good for you guys and girls, whoever was involved.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's a big uh, acquisition for Apple. I think it goes towards Apple's um, seemingly... Uh, They're not playing, dude. They're not. They lean towards, I think, acquiring quality. They do. Um, and I really like that. I think we talked about this before.
2: Yeah, they they are focused on quality. Netflix is focused on pumping <laughs> out quantity, and they do have some quality things too. And then Amazon is kind of focused, I feel like, on just having a, a library of things that people will watch. And I, in their rental business, I I bet is huge.
0: Yeah, and you know, watching or looking over real quick and seeing uh, the reviews of Coda on. Um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, just pulling out one of the um, one of the, sorry, the critics that I uh, follow a lot. Um, it's a crowd pleaser to be sure and a little on the corny side, but it's so unwavering in its sincerity that it manages to hit all the right notes. Uh, and that's something that the critics consensus says. It's all, its story offers few surprises, but Amelia Jones brilliant lead performance. Uh, brings this coming of age story vividly to life. So that's, uh, I'm excited for it. I love a great performance. Um, Mm -hmm. Just watched uh, uh, the world to come earlier with um, Catherine Watterson and um, Vanessa Kirby. It was, there's it's slow in spots. It's a period drama, right? Um, Slow in spots, but the performances are just phenomenal. And that just is, I don't know when you finish a movie and you're like, damn, that was good. (laughs) uh, It's a good feeling. Um, All right, let's here's our last big story before we get into a little debate that I told you guys I wanted to have today because I've been pondering this. Uh, But first and foremost, um, you know, Internet nerds and Redditors and gamers and everyone band together uh, last week to take on Wall Street. Uh, And if you don't know about that, we're not going to get into it here, but I will reference the Chumpcast. They put out a short video that kind of it's two of them talking about what it really means. It took me four or five articles to read it and totally get it. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, what's going on now is that uh, after the GameStop stock went up, skyrocketed really, uh, it is all turning into a feature film. New York Times bestselling author Ben Mesrick, who wrote the book that 2010's The Social Network was based on, one of my favorite movies, has already proposed a book about last week's Reddit versus Wall Street via GameStop story titled The Anti Social Network. Uh, hopefully that title doesn't stick because I don't like it. Yeah, um, no. The book will follow the wild story of Reddit users who banded together to inflate the stock price of GameStop, sending Wall Street, Wall Street into a tizzy, if you will. Um, MGM has secured the rights. Apparently, there was a serious bidding war. Uh, but hey, let's not stop there because Netflix came out the next day and said, "We're tapping our uh, go need to- it. we're going to our uh, go go to oh god, tapping our go to man man ruin the joke." Um, <laughs> Noah Centineo, uh, from To All the Boys I've Loved Before, also starring in Black Adam whenever that movie comes out. Um, He will star in a film about the GameStop thing as well, written by Mark Bull of The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. Uh, So, yeah, this is going to be the new thing. We're getting a lot of them. Ace, did you invest in GameStop?
2: Um, no, but I was pissed because I wanted to, and remember, I wanted to talk about AMC last time and you guys didn't want to, nobody wanted to talk about it. And then look what happened. You know, AMC stock blew up, but it's already back to kind of where it was. No, I did not jump in on GME because it's already dipped. Like every day I look at the AMC and GME thing and they dipped 25, 50% from the time they peak. So I'm pretty sure it's over, um, the GME thing. And I think AMC will eventually come back as people start to go back to the theaters, but they peaked at the twenty dollar thing. I don't see that happening. In, but I will in the- also tell
0: you that AMC, when we last talked, was at about two twenty two or something, like right around, yeah. like fluctuating. And it's currently at this moment fluctuating between seven fifty four and seven fifty five. So hey. I think
2: it's going to drop when it gets to five. I'm going to buy it.
0: <laughs> there you go. There when you it go. gets
2: to five, I'm going to buy it. I I set it here, and then I think things will start coming back, and I hope one day it'll get close to 30 someday, I think. Um, but, yeah, as far as a, a movie goes for this, um, I predict heavy usage of a narrator. I predict that this, this movie is going to be difficult to do because I'm not sure exactly how you tell the story, like who, who is the main character who's in charge. I would like to see perspective from the hedge fund people um you know going crazy like, oh my god is this actually happening i'd like to see that part of the story and then as a side note um noah sent neo i did i was the production assistant on a social media shoot of his um relatively recently and i haven't seen too much of his work but i i will say extremely nice guy like super chill down to earth was hanging out with the guys on set I'm not nice. friends with him or anything but I, I will say he's a nice guy and, and things like that go a long way when you see like a young guy who's just getting started and they have you know a ton of fame um, especially when you know they're kind of like the girl crazy type you know I think that can go to your head but he seems like a totally down to earth cool dude to me so just throwing that out there I hey. hope it, I hope it's good you know I w- wish him the best.
0: I'm very excited about the book uh, that the MGM one is going to be based off of only because the social network is honestly one of the best movies. I say bring back Sorkin to write the script and Fincher to uh, direct. Uh, Sean.
1: Yeah. It feels tricky. Um, I mean, obviously, I want Sorkin and Fincher to do direct and uh, write everything. Um, but uh, th- this does feel tricky. Um, like you said, um, who is going to be the main character? Will it be from the perspective of the hedge funds? Um, much like something like Margin Call was, which was no. it worked worked very well. Um, or could it be from the perspective of you know the little guys, much like The Big Short was? Um, either way it's easier if you don't include as many details as possible. And I don't think that will happen here. Um, I think that, you know, the, the movie will literally be titled like GameStop, watch this, please. And I just think that instead of that, it should be, you know, something that, you know, I'm not saying change the name, but, you you have to walk on eggshells with this because people are going to roll the eyes at a GameStop movie. Everyone's already sick of this whole um, controversy, honestly. Even though more and more is coming out about it, um, it's the same problem with honestly uh, Joe Exotic and uh, Tiger King, uh, where they now there's like 16 different movies being made. Um, also, the other part of this is that you know I think there are technically I, I read three projects, but I couldn't find the third. But there's three projects about GameStop and development. Two of those are going to die out. Somehow, like they're just going to sort of flame out. I don't know which two. I don't know how there's going to be some sort of development hell that just holds them back. If not, you have three that compete against each other. Maybe one's good. Probably not two of them. And, you know, we're left with, you know, some interesting things to watch, some interesting perspectives. One thing they really shouldn't do is try to explain it. Um, I think I get what happened, but don't try to explain it. Margin Call. First of all, I've said it twice already, but Margin Call. I love that movie so Mm -hmm. much. Um, and, and you want to know why is cause like, they all just say, Oh, I don't understand what this is all about. Just, you know, like, and then, then they do, kind of simplify it in they like in the lowest of uh in the, in the easiest of ways for someone like me and so i just get that it's like all right bad guys getting rich screws over like it, it, mm-hmm. was just, it was perfect and so that's something that i think GameStop's gonna be like we have to teach everybody about this in these movies and it, it'll get i mean big short i do love don't get me wrong i do love big short but they did try to do a little bit too much with explaining it where, was confusing man I got some of it, but I uh, like just a little bit. Like so, that's I all to I did. I had to see it a few yeah. times actually
2: to understand exactly. You
0: know, I want Christopher Nolan to direct this because if there's anyone that's going to explain something well, it's going to be him. Uh, oh yeah, No, he's good with that. <laughs> I can good.
2: perfectly explain Tenet. Yeah, no, he'll, we'll we need, just, need another podcast for that.
1: Yeah, and I we need just, just uh, one person in here. the beginning of GameStop just to be like, you know, try not to understand it, just feel it, and I'll be like, okay, cool, good <laughs> yeah. enough.
0: <laughs> I took him how many movies to throw that line into it <laughs> um, alright so here's a question that I have for you guys and we kind of alluded to this a little bit when we were talking about movies that we watched I believe all three of us watched The Little Things yes, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Um, so not a good movie in my opinion um, and I want to talk about performances a little bit but mainly Jared Leto's performance uh, and this is going to get to the larger question here of is Jared Leto actually a good actor And I have some thoughts on that. But I would love to hear yours um, after I state the fact that I just looked up his IMDb a little bit ago and totally forgot that he's going to be starring as Gucci. Totally forgot that.
2: Wait, Gucci? Like the
0: Gucci guy? In the Gucci movie, he's going to be Paolo Gucci. Paolo Gucci. Good for him. So that ruins that movie for me, to be quite honest. But um, Uh, here's my thoughts real quick. I... Dallas Buyers Club is an interesting movie to me because it is uh, it's straight washed and whitewashed in a lot of ways, telling a story that I think is pretty challenging to tell. I think they told it well, but when you have a straight male actor playing a trans actor like that, I think it can be or a trans character, I think it can be challenging. He did win the uh, Oscar for it, and he you know well deserved. I think it was a good movie. Oh, go ahead.
1: I mean, I could get into the Oscars thing there because that's the award that, you know, the Oscars just love. It's just like they, they love that a straight male is playing uh, a trans character and like and is dying of AIDS. And that's something and I don't want to diminish it. Um, I, I think that I'm, I'm going to get into what I feel about Jared Leto in a little bit. I don't think this was a good performance, but I'll I'll get into like how I feel about uh, him. But I just think that's the typical one where the Oscars just you know they they vote for something, and I I might be a little bit cynical here, and this is just a theory by the way. But like it's just one of those things where it's like you know we're not homophobic, we're voted like you know it's just one of those things where a lot of like actor actors in that guild will think that well, once and it's again. Also-
0: yeah, go old people that make up the mostly the actors guild. You know what I mean? Like, uh, not the actors guild was so to say, but you know, the larger, the large block of voters in the, um, you know, for the Oscars are going to be, and look at the Academy itself, look at the foreign press, the Hollywood foreign press, like all of that is on the older, uh, spectrum of things. So when it comes to sort of the authentic way of telling these stories, it's not necessarily always on the front of their radar. Um, but, you know, other films that he's been in that I think were kind of interesting. Um, he, of course, was in Suicide Squad as the Joker. He's reprising that role in uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League in some way. Lord of War, Panic Room, which I completely forgot he was in. <laughs> completely forgot. Girl Interrupted, Fight Club, which I forgot. Um, he's, what is he in Fight Club? He's he's in in Panic is, Room. So, I don't so, even remember. Blonde guy. Angel Face was his name. Angel Face, yeah. He's uh, the, he oh, he Zester. is? Yeah. I didn't even
2: recognize him. Okay. But-
0: Oh, and and that's another thing about him is he's kind of one of those characters that likes to transform himself for each role. Um, Mm -hmm. I just I I thought about it a lot after the little things because I think his kookiness in the little things was mismanaged and was not delivered well um, to where it was just very, very boring for me. Uh, So, Sean, what are your thoughts on this?
1: I think uh, one of the big uh, problems with uh, recent Leto, because I'm going to call him recent Leto at this point. Um, And recently um, he kind of has become – the Johnny Depp type of situation where Johnny Depp was a young actor up and coming great talent. And then all of a sudden he just puts on costumes and then he puts on goofy makeup and he, and he, and he does goofy uh, voices with everything. Some of those could be good performances, by the way, I'm not even like knocking every single time that someone does that, but it, it got to the point where in little things where it's, he has this um, inflection with his voice that is kind of great. Like, he's like, we can meet up later and get tacos. And like, I'm, I'm saying an offensive accent almost because he doesn't even do that, though. I can't even imitate what he did. It was kind of brilliant. But then the fact that he's just so off, like he just does. He makes too many choices that were annoying and disagreeable and then became obvious that he i'm not gonna spoil but it, it just it, it was to the point where i just didn't believe it at all and so that's just what started to bother me if we look at a young letter you name some of them requiem for a dream i mean he is the center of that movie and you need to have someone that's good in the center of that movie um i mean you look at girl interrupted i think he's only in a few scenes but he kind of makes a count uh one that i have because i'm a runner uh he plays steve Steve Prefontaine and Prefontaine. These are all these authentic movies where he doesn't mail his co-stars dead rats. And that's what he became eventually where he became more about, and this is, this is something that, and this is also by the way, a narrative with Oscars where it's like, you know, the, uh, the behind the scenes, he gained 7,000 pounds for this role. He, uh you know, he didn't, he got himself addicted to heroin and then had to come off of it. Like, I'm not saying these are things Leto did, but the, there's just that. And then, that became the narrative and he became that behind the scenes, um, actor. And that's where, you know, sometimes, Hey, when you're preparing for a role, that's great. I mean, Daniel day Lewis does it all the time and we're not bothered by him doing it, but it doesn't, it seems that he overshoots that preparation with no payoff. I mean, he plays Mark David Chapman in chapter 27, which is just not a good movie anyway. Um, but it's just, he's going way too far with his roles. I mean, and, and it's unfortunate because when he was normal, he made good performances. That's why the Johnny Depp uh, comparison seems very sound. And I, and I don't say normal. I say normal is normal on screen um, is what I'm sort of meaning. Um, but it's just one of those things where imagine if this role got played down a little bit in the little things, I would have had a lot more fun. Like, you know, cause otherwise he's just this obvious character who did it. And then, you know, then he's all of a sudden obviously lying. And I, it, it, it's something where he was obvious from both sides which is i guess tough to do but um that that is my like prime issue with uh jared leto i hope he can come back down to earth eventually
0: but i do love the comparison to johnny depp i think that's great big ace
1: yourself. yeah
2: I, I thought of a johnny depp kind of thing earlier too but here, here's my take all right so when i look at um actor actress and and whether they're good or not i i define it on two levels first and foremost do i believe you one and then two what is the range of of performances that you can do where i believe you You know for example the rock can do one thing and he can do one thing really well and i believe him so in that sense he's a good action actor but am i going to call him a great actor across the spectrum uh not yet but then when i look at somebody like jared leto and like do i believe him yeah i do and when i when i looked at him in the pretty little thing or not pretty little things in uh the little things <laughs> in uh the little things he was creepy man he was creepy and i think that was the point and, and i believed it um sean i i like what you were talking about the voice inflection i thought it was cool it was a type of voice inflection that i haven't seen before can i uh, remember so I, I i think it was great that he came up with that for himself and then um but you're right he does tend to pick these kind of uh weird little creepy roles kind of like in like Blade Runner 2049 he's kind of the creepy um uh a super creepy version of like Zuckerberg and Bezos if they had a <laughs> son that was raised by Elon Musk robot or something like that <laughs> and then like uh Lord of War I believed him as a drug addict and oh, and man. I liked him in in uh Dallas Fires club so yeah the the bottom line is I do think that Jared Leto is a good actor, but he's also a a character actor. He's not really like in what are we thinking of that? He's the leading man or is he in anything where he is the leading man?
1: Some of his younger stuff like Requiem for a Dream or Prefontaine. And there's a few others there. But recently, yeah,
2: recently. Right, right. But recently, you know, so maybe he's just better as a character actor. Because I've actually never seen Requiem uh, for a Dream. Um, I would like to i gotta got to see it. And, um,
0: I mean, in Gucci, yeah.
2: Oh yeah. In Gucci, that'll be, I mean, I don't really know anything about the Gucci story, so I I can't really speak to it. Uh, TB and the Joker, his Joker character. I don't know. I, the Joker character, I was kind of just upset because nobody could do it as well as like Heath Ledger's Joker was just unreal. How do you, how do you beat that? And yeah, it's cool that Jared Leto could bring something different to it. Um, Ultimately, a uh, bottom line, yes, I think he's a good actor.
0: Okay, okay. I'll take that. I you know I, I, I think the point that you just made about has he been a leading man in anything uh, and going back to recent leto in uh, Sean's terms, um, you know, with Gucci coming up and he's uh, reteaming uh, with Darren Aronofsky in uh, a drift in a movie coming out, um, which I think Apple's trying to get if I remember correctly. Um, and then he's rumored to be the lead in Tron Three, which is going to be interesting, um, like a Disney esque whatever. Which even goes, I think, further to uh, to the comparison to Johnny Depp. Um, so I don't know i I want to see more from him. I want to see more from him where he's less. Does that make sense? Because yeah. he always tries to or do. We turn it
2: out. right? You're saying like he's like Johnny Depp over the top, yeah? And you'd like to see him just turn it down, like. Just a notch. And I don't Most think he's good more. at it.
0: I think Johnny Depp, like, you know, for as much as he played the same role in all the Pirates movies um, and didn't really give anything new to any of them, he's funny and he does it well. Um, I don't know that Jared Leto does this all well. One interesting movie that I think will kind of tell whether or not he can carry one is Morbius because mm. that, that has marble ties. Mm. It's just pretty marble, but it has good marble point. ties. And he's the lead. So. And he'll be
2: a creepy guy like uh, the little things. Okay. <laughs> Spoilers. Let's just talk about the movie for a second. <laughs> My understanding... Okay. It was a slow burn. I, I get it. And I was actually fine with the movie. It was a very, very slow burn to get to a lot at the end. And I did like the last 20, 30 minutes of the film. But that was a lot to... Well, 15 uh 15
0: of those minutes they were driving around the mountains.
2: <laughs> I liked it. I was fine with that. Um, but it was a lot to just get to that point. And my understanding was it's kind of unclear spoilers. It's unclear if he did it or not. Mm-hmm. That was my right. That's how it's supposed well, to be interpreted. What, and what then, they- and then Denzel just gives him the peace of mind at the end. He yeah. gives the peace of mind to, uh, Rami you know, Malik. yeah. Rami Malek's character, just so you can sleep at night and do his job well going forward and not to end up like Denzel's character. Correct. That was my interpretation.
1: Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, I, yeah, it was one of those things where they wanted to care more about the, uh, the characters and the mystery and uh, like uh, in that problem is you have to give me something with the characters in the first like hour and a half. Cause I I understood where each character was. I understood where their lineup was. I got that, but I couldn't feel anything from them and I don't think they really paid close attention to that. And, you know, Hey, if you're not going to have good characters, that's cool. Like, but then have a dynamite mystery that, you know, turns me to the side. Yeah.
2: I, I Denzel's always good, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. Are you just saying that that character has been done a million times before, like cop on the force who's kind of washed up, but he's getting his second shot with a young rookie kind of kind of thing?
1: I don't even mind overdone like you know overdone characters if I see a character in something that's interesting. But I really didn't feel anything there. And one of the problems was, and you know, you're right, Denzel's really not bad in anything, and he's not even bad in this. But it just felt like he was being held back by the movie. Um, like he was acting the way the movie wanted him to, which was poor for the character. I don't know if I, I'm saying it in the right words or just what I felt. But what
2: would you have rather seen? That Like, what would you have added to Denzel's character to make him better?
1: Here's the moment is the moment when, uh, you know, uh, Denzel shows up in the light and, you know, we see what Rami did with his shovel. And um, I, I just sort of said at that point where that's the moment that Denzel turned on. That was the moment. That's a good and point. And the problem with that was that, like, I, I, I always want to see that Denzel. Um, I think that uh, the other uh, issue was, you know, there's the big Denzel twist that, you know, he like, I guess a twist, but, you know, he accidentally shot a girl. And that's what he was kind of reckoning mm-hmm. with and dealing with. And that was done at the same moment the shovel was happening. Now, here's the thing. I don't know how to correct that. But at that point, I don't know what Denzel's weight is at that point. Right now, I'm thinking Denzel's weight is unsolved mystery, unsolved mystery, unsolved mystery. And I'm like, this guy, I mean, I I understand that's the thing with detectives, is they have the unsolved mystery, and uh, they have that quite going, But it just felt like it was at that moment where I found it out, and I was kind of like, "Well, I wish I knew that sooner. I would have held more for his character. I would have, like, you know, I would have like seen his pain, felt that a little bit. I know they were trying to go for a shock value, mm-hmm. which is cool. Mm-hmm. That's the it's, it's Hollywood, baby. But I, I, just think that, um, that was one of like one of the several issues I had with it. And it, 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 I wanted please to share, like this movie.
0: Please share what you texted me about Rami Malik and Denzel Washington
1: like i actually oh wait like rami malek like, <laughs> oh boy i don't know if i remember it but hey, uh,
0: something along the lines like is like, Ra- rami Malik trying to sleep with denzel or something in this i story? thought
1: that
2: too for a minute i thought that too i that did i that thought did cross my mind i
0: yeah my biggest issue with the movie uh, aside it was a slow burn yes very slow burn um one of the biggest things that bothered me though was when rami Malik gets in the car with jared leto uh, to go out to like, he's going to take them to the body. I'm like, really? This is what we're doing. We're going to rely on this stupid.
2: Right. It, it's just stupid. Right. It was, was... kind of silly. Like, can you? Because the whole time you're thinking, is Jared Leto going to kill him? Like, when's Jared Leto going to make his move? Um, and, and it never happens. But yeah, I get your point. Like, wh- who would it go with that? Come on. Like, you're supposed to be a detective, hotshot detective. You're not going go to go with that. You're not going to go with that
1: it's really just the, and I actually want to go to one point that I really loved about it. And then, but uh, one of the issues I had is, you know, Jared Leto's character is just so obviously not the guy like the entire, like, because he's just like this true crime fan. That's just like, you know, he just likes to screw with the cops and everything like that. And, you know, maybe, maybe he is the guy and they, they leave it up to, you know, uh, interpretation, but, it was just bothering me so much that not from a red herring standpoint, was he definitely not the guy, but also from like an investigative point, he confessed to a murder. And then he like, you know, the next day he said he was lying and there was just something to it where it's just like, it's kind of obvious that this dude's not. And I was just like, Rami, you're the smart one, man. Come on. Um, I will say there is one moment that I adored in, in this movie and I'm, I'm being genuine here. It's the two it's Denzel and Rami in the car. And Rami just kind of loses it because he's just so ticked off that he can't, like, he can't, nail you know, and Denzel's just like, you got to calm down. You gotta. <laughs> lose. And it was like the one moment where it was just like, okay, this that was the one tender moment between those two characters where it's like, okay, okay, yeah, like, they, they're, they're, there's actually humanity here where, you know, he's just saying, don't become me. Don't be, and then he does that again with the beret. But um,
0: Was that before or after Denzel and Jared Leto were driving in circles uh, or on exits and off of exits? <laughs> that's after. That's after. Okay. Because that – and then that's before driving around the desert mountains. <laughs> uh, yes, how's before the trunk desert space?
2: After the exits.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> how's the trunk space? How's the trunk space?
1: Okay. Leto's kind of cool in this. <laughs> I think stupid. it's, it's... –
0: It was – Definitely a January release. I saw someone mention that before, and they're like, "Here's why." I'm like, "That makes sense." All right, we have made it to the end of our outline. I want to talk about movies that are coming out this week, real quick. Bliss is coming out Friday on Amazon Prime Video, as we discussed earlier. Falling theaters and VOD. Little Fish. This is a movie, Sean. I told you about this. This Mm is, um, uh, oh my god, Jack Jack uh, O'Connell, one of my all-time favorite actors, all time, and he's like 25, Um, but. It is a solid movie that I saw at the uh, Philadelphia Film Festival. It is with Olivia Cook as well. It is basically about like a disease where people start losing their memories, Um, but it's just very well done. It's it's so well done. I loved it, Um, and I realized I never posted my review for it, so that will be coming this week, but it's just, it's a very good movie. I think VOD today probably, um, considering it's Tuesday. Uh, that we're recording this Wednesday if you're listening uh, And then Malcolm and Marie comes out Friday On Netflix with Zendaya and uh, Or Zendaya sorry I always get corrected Zendaya and John David Washington
1: I'm so sorry it's Zendaya I, Or it's Zendaya, I was I Zendaya. It's Zendaya.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Zendaya Oh no how do you say? Zendaya? Well, while you talk
1: about that, I'm going to just say that this is probably one of the big Oscar pushes. This and um, Judas and the Black Messiah are the last two, like big, like Oscar moments for this year, or you know, this 14 yes. months. It is Zendaya. Oh, damn, um, I, I always get her confused. There's a
2: lineage of uh, place kickers from the University of Arizona named Zendaya, yes. and when I was there, there was one that infamously. He's D1 athlete. I don't want to rip on him, but he infamously kind of blew a couple. I hope he's doing well. So I always want to say Zendaya. But it's Z- what are we saying? It's
0: Zendaya. Yeah. Right. She, she was not happy with how her career was going as a kicker. So she jumped in the yeah. act.
1: Yeah. So she, she dropped the H her. and she jumped with the yeah. Uh...
0: <laughs> um, Ace. Where can people find you?
2: Uh, movie reviews with Big Ace on the gram and the TikTok. Movie reviews with Big Ace on the
0: top <laughs> uh, yeah your tiktoks are pretty funny especially when you're
2: covering the it's back. all right bro i dude i gave up the bachelor i couldn't do it anymore i couldn't bachelor, do it i the- just no i didn't watch it last night i can't and it, it was like making me sick i can't like it was feeling like a chore i want to do these when i feel like it when i want to and like you guys are a lot more disciplined with this than i am because when i try to force it when i try to force a movie review or any review it's not good and when i force myself to sit through two hours of the bachelor and then do a review is like yeah it would usually come out funny but it was a painful experience and it's not not worth it to me
0: my mother That's watches it randomly thing. yeah she's not a big fan of it but like she'll she'll start it like if she's if she's on the channel or something and then she's like oh shit and then ends up watching it because they're crazy they're all crazy um it's always a pleasure to have you on yeah thanks dude i always like coming on it's fun always welcome back sean where can people find you
1: they can find me at math teacher movies on instagram i do monologue mondays what the oscars got wrong wednesdays and final shot fridays i also do movie and tv reviews from old and new and the awards watch uh (laughs) 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 oh yes i gotta do that um at the movies there is the um oscars watch with math teacher movies my column every monday but um <laughs> oh it's called the awards watch awards <laughs> watch with math teacher movies that's you
0: and you can find me at guythemovies.com Movies guyatthemovies on instagram guythemovies one on twitter uh and facebook as well as Movies on tiktok uh and we a few announcements um tomorrow the nominations for the 78th annual golden globe awards come out at 8 a.m. eastern i will be up Sean, i believe you'll be up watching mm-hmm. um ace will text you uh trivia Next night way. with Trivia Night with the Chumps is Thursday at 9. We put it out there for all of you to uh, figure out what you wanted to uh, the theme to be and Pixar won out. So we have a really good trivia this week coming up. I'm pumped for it. Listen to us wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Sean, PSA. Please. For the love of God, wear your damn masks. And now it's kind of trendy to do two of them, so give that a shot. Um, also, when the vaccine is available, please grab a date and grab it so that I can go back to movie theaters. Oh, let my really grandma suffers. get it first, man. She's 90. can't get <laughs> it right now. Like, get, when, wait, that, when it's available. It yeah, when, when it's allowed. Yeah, wait your,
0: it's turn. <laughs> 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 your turn. It's <laughs> 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 your turn. Wait your turn. I will not speak because I already got it. Um, All right. So, but thank you all for being here. Uh, We will keep in touch about all of the uh, upcoming news and we will see you all next week.